Rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. Nothing in my and I bring simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy just throne, rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Today I want to start a series of meditations on the Beatitudes. On Sunday morning, we're slowly working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, and even at our slow Ace, there's so much that we have to just fly over. And so I thought for the next couple of weeks I could use this time to, to linger in places that I feel like I'm being pastorally negligent by moving too quickly over on Sunday mornings. And so the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And there's a couple different ways I want to think about each of the Beatitudes. I want, to, I want to think about the idea that before they can be a picture of us, we have to see them as a picture of him, that Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of the Beatitudes. But I also want to look at stories in the Bible that illustrate the reality that they're teaching. So this first one, the poor in spirit, you know, there's a big difference between being poor in spirit and poor in things. Many of us at different times in life have been poor in things. And even when we think of poor, we often think of it in that category only. But to be poor in spirit means that you know you don't have any resources within yourself. And therefore, you're completely dependent on the Lord. It's a posture of humility and dependence. And there's so many good places we could go to illustrate this, like the story in Luke 18 with the tax collector and the Pharisee, and the, the Pharisee is so pompous and arrogant, and he thanks God that he's not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector, but I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Then Jesus said that the tax collector was ashamed, wouldn't even come near, but cried out, God, have mercy on me 
a sinner. And Jesus says, he's the one who's justified. He's the one who is poor in spirit and so receives redemption. You know, we probably can't play it every day, but maybe the the theme song for the week or for the poor in spirit or that beautiful line from the hymn this morning, Rock of Ages, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. That's it. That's the song of the poor in spirit. But what I want you to think about this morning is the way that Jesus' life demonstrates this utter, complete, and total dependence on the Spirit and the Father. No one exemplifies what it means to be poor in spirit better than he. Think about this. Of all people who ever existed, he was the only one who had the resources within himself to deal with any situation. He had the wisdom and power, or he was the wisdom and power of God in human form, and yet... When the devil came to tempt him in the wilderness, how did he respond? He didn't respond with his own words. If anyone could have gone toe-to-toe and have a, had an intellectual sparring match with the devil, it could have been him. But he was dependent on the word of the Lord. When Satan says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread, how does he reply? With Deuteronomy 8.3, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. When he takes him up to the high point of the temple and says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, how does he respond? Deuteronomy 6.16, don't put the Lord your God to your to the test. When he takes him and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, says, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. How does he respond? Deuteronomy 6.13, worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Why did Jesus adopt this scripture-based approach to fighting temptation. Surely, if anybody could have fought in their own power, it's him. And yet, he was dependent on the word. That's being poor in spirit. Or think about if anyone could have afforded to get by on a minimal level of prayer, it was Jesus. I mean, he knew the right thing to do in every situation, so surely he didn't have to wrestle in prayer for guidance. And he had the power in an in himself to live the victorious Christian life. So surely he didn't need to plead with God for strength to triumph over temptation. And if anyone had the presence of God continually, it was Jesus. So he didn't need to set aside special times to experience the reality of the Father's presence. And yet, scriptures show us that no one was more dedicated to a life of prayer than Jesus. He got up early on numerous occasions and went into the wilderness to pray, to refocus, and to reorient. He went away by himself before crucial junctures in his ministry, before choosing the 12 disciples at the transfiguration, preparing to cross, uh, preparing to go to the cross. You know, one fascinating study is read through the Gospel of Luke and just notice how, how central that theme of dedicated prayer is in the life of Jesus. And then, of course, Luke parallels it with the early church in the book of Acts. And what we see in the life of Jesus is this tremendous example of one who's utterly dependent on the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of the Lord and doing the will of the Father. His baptism was an, ex- an, 
was an example of being poor in spirit. The supreme model of what it means to be poor in spirit was his faithful obedience all the way to the cross. I mean, by nature, Jesus didn't have to die. He is the everlasting one. He is the only one who was without sin and so didn't need to pay sin's penalty. Yet, the writer of Hebrews tells us that when he chose to share our flesh and blood so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free all those, li- free all those whose lives were held in slavery by its fear. He brought himself down even to the point of death on the cross. Why? Because it was the will of God the Father to save for himself a people. And that could only happen through his, through the cross. So Jesus shows us what it means to be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit in reality is a total dependence on God. And real poverty of spirit would transform our prayer lives. So as we begin a new week today, let's begin by celebrating and marveling at Jesus' poverty of spirit. And then let's ask him to help us because he calls us to march to the beat of a different drum. So here's a question or two to consider this morning. How does remembering the example of Jesus show us what it really means to be poor in spirit? And why is it important that Jesus has been poor in spirit in our place? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 